Thanks for checking out the Renew Life Church podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that today's message encourages you. My name is Braden. I'm the senior pastor here, and we're just super, super glad you're here. We just believe with all of our heart that God's not just going to teach you something today. He's going to encounter you today. That's really our hope, is that you have a real true encounter with God today before you leave, if you haven't already, which is kind of hard to with our worship. Can we give our worship team a round of applause? They do an incredible job. So good. Cool. Well, we're going to jump right into it because I don't have a ton of time left. Uh, Matthew chapter 8. If you got your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 8. We're going to start something today that I, I believe will last the next couple of weeks. Um, but I have a lot of faith that some, some really miraculous things are going to happen today uh, through, the, through the Word of God and the teaching of His Word here. Um, I'm going to kind of skim through this because I, want, I really want to get to some stuff. Matthew chapter 8, I'm going to start here in verse 18. This is a story that a lot of us have heard before, uh, but I want, to, I want to look at it in potentially a different way than you've looked at it before. Verse 18 says, When Jesus saw the crowd around him, he instructed his disciples to cross to the other side of the lake. Now, I don't want you to forget that. He gave instructions. He gave a command to go to the other side of the lake. We are going to the other side of the lake is what Jesus is saying here. Then one of the teachers of religious law said to him, Teacher, I'll follow you wherever you go. But Jesus replied, Foxes have dens to live in and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Another of his disciples said, Lord, let me first return home and bury my father. But Jesus told him, Follow me and let the spiritually dead bury their own dead. That's one of those like gangster moments of Jesus. It's like, wow, man, that's just gangster. I don't know if I'm supposed to say Jesus is gangster, but we just we did that. So, verse 23, moving right along, it says then Jesus got into the boat. Now, mind you, why did he get into the boat? What was the instructions to him to the disciples early? What are we going to do? We're going to the other side. Jesus got into the boat and started to cross the lake with his disciples. And suddenly, a fierce storm struck the lake, with waves breaking into the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples they went and woke him, shouting, "Lord, save us! We're going to drown." Notice Jesus' response here. Jesus responded, why are you afraid? Why are you afraid? You have so little faith. Then he got up and rebuked the wind and waves, and suddenly there was a great calm. The disciples were amazed. Who is this man, they asked. Even the winds and the waves obey him. I want to talk around this question that Jesus asked the disciples. Why are you afraid? Turn to your neighbor and say, why are you afraid? I, I did a little research. I've heard this stat before and, or, or this piece of research before, but they say, and by they, I mean the internet, and we all know that's true. So, <laughs> But I did a lot of I'm looking into this. There's a lot of they's on the internet that actually say this, that we're actually only born with two natural fears. Anybody else ever heard this before? We're actually only born with two natural fears as babies, the, the fear of falling and the fear of loud noises. Fear of falling and fear of loud noises, everything else after that is actually, it's a learned fear. Uh, my, for, for quite some time, and I think it's even ramped up in the last several months, I, I have been talking to my wife about a situation that I have, have believed was going to cause harm to our family if we didn't get it under control, and that's how loud she sneezes. I, I swear to anything, when she sneezes, it's like she's releasing a 
pteranodon into the atmosphere. It's just like, I'm like, you don't have to do that. Anybody else have a, a loved one that, that it's ridiculous? Come on, tell the truth. And then there's those other people that when they sneeze, they're, you're like, that wasn't a sneeze. That thing needs to grow up. Don't come back till you grow up. The, it's the buildup before it's a, no. You got nothing out with that. You did no good to your, your body with that, whatever that was. But I've been trying to tell Leanne that you cannot sneeze like this. Like, you, this cannot be real. And she swears to anything. You, you, I can't control it. And I'm like, yes, you can. There's no way you cannot control a dinosaur coming out of your face. Like, you have to have some control over that. And the other, so the other day, you know, we just had a newborn. We have a... We had, I was in, Leanna just got, got back from bringing the girls home from school, I think, early that morning. I was in the, in the room getting ready, and um, all of a sudden, and, and we kind of got a little routine where sometimes, depending on whether the baby's asleep or not, she'll leave the baby there with me because I can hear her right, out, right outside the, our, our room, and sometimes she'll take her with me. So I never really know, uh, did she leave it today? Was the baby asleep? I'm not really sure, and so I just kind of watch the monitor, so on and so forth. Well, all of a sudden, I just hear this this blood-curdling scream of our baby coming from the living room. And I, and I mean, I just panicked. And just forgive me, I was still in my underwear. I'm come barging into the living room, like looking for the baby. And Leanne's holding the baby, and I'm like, what happened to her? And she goes, I don't know, I just sneezed. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You need to get your life right with Jesus is what you need to do. <laughs> Fear of loud noises and, and, and falling are the first, or as they say, the only fears we're born with. Everything after that's a learned fear, and it's interesting. Uh, I, I kind of wanted to know, you guys know there's all these lists of different phobias, right? Well, I was kind of curious, how many phobias are there really? And so I found this thing on the internet. Again, they, they're always right. And there's this, actually this website uh, dedicated to letting you know all the things that you could possibly be afraid of. It's called, it's like phobialist.com or something ridiculous. And there, there are 530 different phobias listed. 530. And I just picked out a few of my favorites. And I just thought we'd talk about a few of these just real quick. The first one, and I'm going to have them put them up there because I'm pretty sure I can't read some of these. Uh, Aladaxophobia. Fear of opinions. It's like, where, what's your favorite thing to eat? Barbecue. <laughs> Sorry, opinion. Got me. Chronomentrophobia, mentrophobia, fear of clocks. Those things are terrifying. Uh, lutrophobia, fear of otters. If you've never seen an otter, you don't know what you're missing. It's, they are terrifying. I mean, ridiculous. What's this one? Syngenesophobia, fear of relatives. I think we all have that a little bit. Let's just be honest. I agree with that one. I see that one. And then this last one, ecclesiophobia, fear of church. Thank you all for conquering ecclesiophobia and being here today. If you're, if you're, and if you've got it and you're here, even more power to you for being here and conquering your fear of church. All jokes aside, uh, the last several months, actually, uh, I have been watching some different things and over different situations, counseling different people, and just, just being aware of, of some things. And the Lord's just brought it to my attention how fear is ruining people's lives. Fear is ruining. I mean, literally ruining 
people's lives. It's ruining marriages. It's ruining kids. In some ways, it's, it's, it's ruining our country right now. Some of the fears that are being infiltrated into our thinking through media outlets and, and social media and different things. Fear is, is ruining people's lives. I, I asked the Lord, I believe so strongly in this, I asked the Lord, I, I wanted to make a list of different fears that people have, but I didn't just want to come up with a random list. I literally asked the Lord to help me identify by the Spirit of God some of the actual fears that some people in this room are actually dealing with. And I want to, I want to read some of the different things because sometimes I think we don't know we're actually being controlled by fear or influenced by fear. In fact, fear has become so normal, it's like a limp that we walk with that we've just come accustomed to walking with. We've adjusted how we walk based on the limp. It's like the accent that we've had. You know, you get around someone from another country, so they say a couple words, like, oh, wow, you have such, a, such an accent. You don't even realize it. Because it's, it's, it's the world you live in. It's what everybody else talks like. It's how you've talked since you were a kid. And it takes somebody else talking or, or, or bringing it up to you before you even realize, oh, that, that actually is a little different how we say that. Fear has become, for, 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 and I'll say this, for all of us, there are areas of fear. There are areas in our lives where fear is controlling our lives, manipulating our emotions, and wreaking havoc in our soul. Some have a fear of dying every time they get in a car. Every single time they get in a car. They have a fear of dying, fear of rejection, fear of sickness. It's the, it's the time of year where everyone's getting their flu shots because it's flu season after all. So everything we do, there's a small bit of fear is, is this the day I'm going to get it? I mean, I get it every year after all. I hate these. Fear of sickness. Here's something I feel like the Lord really started getting specific of. Fear that something's going to happen to your kid at school. Every time you drop your kid off at school, fear grips you. Fear something's going to happen to my kid today at school. Fear of leaving your kids with somebody else. Fear of Democrats getting elected. <laughs> oh, so y'all got that one. <laughs> to show that I'm bipartisan here. Fear of Republicans getting elected. Fear of losing your job. Fear of your husband working in the oil field. Fear of allergies. I'm quite certain you can actually be allergic to everything now. I think some kids are allergic to allergies. It's like a new thing. Fear of flying. Fear of getting on an airplane. Fear of your spouse cheating on you. The list goes, as you guys know, the list goes on and on and on and on and on and on and on. There's always something to be afraid of. I want to read a scripture in 1 John chapter 4, verse 18. It says this, and I'm, I'm just going to jump right into this thing says there is, how much fear? No fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear. Why? Because fear hath torment. That word torment, I'm reading this from the King James Version, that word torment is only used two times in Scripture. The other time it's used, it's, it's, it's used as the word uh, punishment. 
it is the same word that describes what hell will be like. It's only used two times in Scripture. One, it describes what hell is like. The other, it describes what fear is like. Isn't that crazy? There's no, there is no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear because fear is hell. Fear is hell. And he that fears is not made perfect in love. Two things I see here. One, how tormenting fear really is. From little fears to middle-sized fears to big fears, from fears that just maybe cause us to pause every now and then to fears that literally grip us in a moment and cause us panic attacks, emotional breakdowns, psychological issues, all because of a, of a fear. The other thing I see is that according to Scripture, there is a love that can get rid of it. And there's not just, it's not the love that gets rid of some fear. But perfect love casts out all fear. In the book of Psalms, I think it's verse chapter 34, somewhere in there, it's in chapter 34, somewhere in there, David's, one of the Psalms of David says, bless him who has delivered me from all my fears. I would, I would go so far as to say, not one of us in this room can even imagine what it would be like to have no fear. Have absolutely no fear. However, I choose not to submit my life to what I can comprehend. But I choose to go after what his word says is true. His word says that if I truly know love, and if I've been made perfect in love, there is no fear. In other words, there is no torment. There is no influence on the devil and his, his fearful tactics that's influencing my everyday life in such a way that it just cripples me. I want to go back to where we started today in this story. Uh, Jesus tells the disciples, this is Jesus, this is God-man. He tells the disciples, get in the boat, we're going to the other side. So now the word of the Lord is, we are going to the other side. Has the Lord ever lied? Can God, is, the Bible says, I'm not man that I even can lie. So when he says, hey, we're going over there, guess what? They're going over there. It's going to happen. It's the word of the Lord. So he gives the word of the Lord. And then somewhere in, in between, a few things happen. They find themselves in the middle of a, a, of a storm, a, a, a pretty significant storm. And now it, the, the, the disciples are terrified. They are afraid. They come to him, and they're like, why in the world are you sleeping? Don't you realize what kind of storm we're going through? Don't you realize what's going on around us? We're going to drown. And his, his, his response is, it's, it's, this, it's such a simple little question. But it's one that we got to ask ourselves so many times. He says, why are you afraid? Why are you afraid? See, what, here's what Jesus didn't do when he told the disciples we're going to the other side. He didn't say, hey, guys. Got a lot going on over here. It would be great if we could get to the other side. If you could, check your weather out and make sure no storms are coming. As long as we don't encounter some incredible winds and high waves, we're going to the other side. Didn't say that. He said, we're going. We're going. That's where we're going to end up, on the other side. The word of the Lord said this, but the natural circumstances, the surroundings, the environment, the culture, everything else, all of a sudden was saying something opposite of what the word of the Lord said. 
And all of a sudden, fear overcame the disciples as if to say, I have more faith in the circumstance. I have more faith in the storm. I have more faith in what I see around me than I do the words that the Lord spoke to us not too long ago. Fear is a byproduct. I wrote this down. Fear is a byproduct of either a lack of knowledge of or a lack of faith in the word of God. The root of all fear. The root of all fear is a lack of knowledge of the word of God or a lack of faith in the word of God. Uh, I'll tell you, let me grab this right quick. These are these communion elements. Uh, These are our communion elements that we take every every single Sunday. And I want to, it's unbelievable. Dadgum, this sucker won't open right. Now I see what y'all do with. This, This bread, what does this bread represent? This represents the body of Jesus. When, when will you and I ever need the, 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 the body of Jesus working in our lives? Well, let me rephrase it. Will we need to be healed when we're in heaven? So then what does this bread represent right now? That he bore straps upon his back, that he carried our diseases Every time we release or or we allow fear to dictate anything we do in the area of sickness, we are saying, I have more faith in that sickness than I do this bread. I have more faith in this other thing than I do what the Bible says that this bread has the power to do. Do you realize this is the greatest medicine you'll ever take? Some of you, I, could, I could even hold up some aspirin right now, and I could say, I, most of us would say, when we get a headache, where's the first place we go to? Aspirin, ibuprofen, we go to this, something in the natural, or by faith do we go to this? All fear, all fear, the root of all fear is either a lack of knowledge of what the Word says is possible or a lack of belief that it's actually true. All fear. I want to read you a scripture here. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 16. I, I want to stop here for just a second. Because here's, here's I, want to, I want to tell you before we even get to the end of the service, I, here's the goal for today, to be delivered from fear. To be delivered from fear. The the Bible teaches us that there are fears, and then there is a spirit of fear. It says God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of what? Of power, of love, and of a sound mind. It is my goal that that the teaching of God's word and the trusting in God's word will deliver people from the spirit of fear, and they leave here for the first time, maybe in their lives, with a mind full of peace, peace in your mind. That's what we're going for. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 16. says, Therefore take on the whole armor of God that you may be, may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, 
and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Now, verse 16, check it out. It says, but above all, but above all, in other words, those are important, but none as important as this. Above all, doing what? Taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench most of the fiery darts of the wicked one. Taking on the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all curable fiery darts of the wicked one. I mean, after all, it's like, there's cancer. I was listening to a guy talk about this, and I loved how he did this. You can tell how much fear we have towards certain things by how we talk about them. When, 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 when someone doesn't show up for work because they had a sore throat, here's what we say. Hey, where'd so-and-so? Where's so-and-so at? Oh, they had a sore throat. But if, we, if, they, if they went the day before and they, and they found out they had cancer, you, there's, it's a whole different tone of voice. Hey, where'd so-and-so go? Oh, man, I don't even know how to say this. They got cancer. We have total faith that one's going to go away. But some things, we, the, you can tell in the sound of our voice, oof, it's AIDS, it's cancer. We're, we're saying in the inflection in our voice, this, this one's, it's the real one this time. It's, it's the fiery dart that cannot be quenched. Taking on the shield of faith which can quench every fiery dart of the wicked. Every fiery dart of the wicked. See, here's, here's what I believe. Some people just don't believe that that's true. Some people didn't know that scripture was in there. Sometimes we, wrong theology, wrong belief has told us that some quote-unquote fiery darts, they didn't actually come from the wicked, they came from God. We believe this stuff. Religion has taught us this stuff. That sometimes God does things to teach us lessons. So when the fiery dart comes, we're not raising the shield of faith and going, no, no, not in my house. We're going, well, wonder if this is God or the devil. I wonder from which hand this fiery dart came. Because we don't believe in the goodness of our heavenly father. So therefore, because of religious teachings about who God is not, really. We don't even know that when the devil comes at us with a fiery dart called cancer or a fiery dart called divorce or a fiery dart called this or that or whatever, we don't even know to take up the shield of faith and go, no, 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 not in my house. I have the shield of faith that says I can quench every fiery dart of the wicked. We don't, we don't even know we can do that. We don't even know we can do that. What does John 10, 10 say? The thief comes not except to do what? To steal, to kill, and to destroy. However, I have come that you may have life and that you may have life more abundantly. Let me give you the Cliff Notes version of this scripture. Devil bad, God good. <laughs> devil bad. Say it to your neighbor. Say, devil bad. God good. When your friends ask you, what did you learn at church Sunday? Say, well, devil bad, God good. 
It's like all you were teaching in the kindergarten classes. It should be kindergarten. Devil bad, God good. Should be kindergarten. Unfortunately, it's mainstream church. It's mainstream church that we still don't know this. Something happens. Well, I wonder, I wonder what God's trying to show us. I wonder what God's trying to teach us. Every fear, the root of every fear, it's this byproduct of not, some of it right now, it's not believing that no bad, anything that's been destroyed in your life, killed in your life, stolen in your life, it did not come from God. It did not come from God. The Bible says taking on the shield of faith. Shield of faith. Do you understand that it's our responsibility to raise the shield of faith? It's our responsibility to raise the shield of faith and bring the word to our situation. I, man, I just don't have nearly the time to, to really work on this right. I, I want to, first of all, I want to I wanna say this. We all have fear <laughs> that we've subjected, that we've, let me put it a different way. We all have fear that we've submitted to in some way, shape, or form. Fear is believing a lie. The Bible says you'll know the truth. And what happens when you know the truth? The truth sets you free. If truth brings freedom, fear brings bondage. Every person in this room, we have a degree of bondage in some way, shape, or form in some area. We just may be, like I said, it may, it may just be that limp we've walked with our whole life. We don't even realize it's there. Some of you didn't even realize it was fear that was saying, no, no, I can't, can't any, no, there's, no, there's no babysitter on the planet good enough to watch my kids. You got people that hadn't been on a date with their husband or their wife in years since they had kids. Because they have more faith in a babysitter messing up than they do the angels of the Lord watching over their kids. And that's not to bring condemnation. I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to, this is real. I, I, I shared with our, our team earlier today a real fear, that I, some fears that I'm still overcoming. I had a situation happen this last week where uh, I was at a conference in Redding, California, this Bethel, Bethel conference, and I have, uh, over the last years, a couple few years, I've made some really, some friends and, and, and relationships, built some relationships with some of the key speakers that were at that conference. Banning Liebscher's one of them, Eric Johnson, who's a senior pastor there. We've become actually friends, and so there's still insecurities in me about the fact that I'm even friends with them. I still deal with stuff. I had a situation where Banning spoke, and um, he, he got off the platform, and he goes down to sit to the front row where all the other speakers are, and I'm in the back. There's 2,000 people in this room, and I just told him, I was like, hey, because I had texted Banning back and forth. Hey, are you going to be here? Yeah, when are you leaving? I'll come say hi. Be sure you see me before you leave. All those things that should have affirmed our friendship, and yet he gets off the stage, and I tell him, I was like, hey, I'm going to go. I'm going to go just say hey to Banning real, real quick. I'll be, I'll be right back. And so I began walking across the round. Again, there's 2,000 people to the front where all the speakers sit. And there's kind of like reserved seating. You kind of know how that is. There's like a place where it's where they are and then there's everybody else, you know. So I'm, I start walking that direction. And all of a sudden, it's like the Lord, I, I, or the spirit of fear started to grab me. Insecurity started to hit me and said, who are you? 2,000 people here and Banning wants to talk to you? 2,000 people here and you think you can walk to the front and talk like you're some big something? You think you're big? I'm like, and of course, then I'm like, what? Well, I was just saying hi to a friend, I thought. And all of a sudden, that little confident walk of me going to say hi to a friend is kind of slowed. Well, I got a little slower. And all of a sudden, just insecurity after insecurity. 
I look over there and he's actually talking to another friend of mine. They're in this deep conversation. It's like, oh, you're going to interrupt them because they want to talk to you more than the conversation that they're having? Insecurity, fear. Insecurity, fear. All of a sudden, walk crap to just like a, ah. And all of a sudden, I, I, started, I felt myself start giving into the fear and coming up with really good reasons why I should turn around. Look, they're busy. Just text him, shoot him a text. It's no big deal, yada, yada, yada. And all of a sudden, as all this is going on in my head, y'all think your pastor's crazy now, but this is, this is just the reality of where I'm at. I, I, I'm walking. Next thing you know, I, find, I, I got so gripped with insecurity and fear, I, stopped, I literally stopped walking. Then it got worse because when I realized where I had stopped walking was dead center between the stage and the front row. It's kind of that thing where you're in the eighth grade and you're wanting to ask that girl to dance and you get the courage to get up and you start walking across the dance floor and you get about halfway there. You're like, this was a terrible idea. And then you stop and you're in the middle of the dance floor by yourself and you feel like everyone's watching you. All of a sudden I look and I'm like, I froze and I realize where I'm at and I just turned around and started walking right back to my seat. <laughs> and then something inside of me rose up and it's like it was no longer about whether I even wanted to talk to Manning whether he wanted to talk to me whether I was going to interrupt their conversation all of a sudden it had nothing to do with what was actually happening it was, it was something happening in me of will fear win today will fear win today Will you continue to think of yourself less than I think of yourself? Will you continue to convince yourself that you don't belong here? You shouldn't even have their cell phone number. They shouldn't even be talking to you. They don't even know who you are anyway. They're just putting up with you because of whatever. Because you got a place to hunt and someday they want to come hunting with you. Will I continue to believe those lies? And all of a sudden I, I stop myself. And, I, I, and I'm like, no, you're going to go interrupt the conversation. You're going to talk to them. And it what was it about? It was about saying, I will not let fear win. It was raising my shield of faith and saying, no, insecurity, this fiery dart of insecurity and fear that I don't belong in certain conversations, I will not let that win today. It could be something as small and as stupid as that. Or it could be a real thing. It, it, it could be, a, it could be a, a real fear that's, I mean, it's gripping you every single morning when you wake up. I don't even like calling it a real thing because it's not a real thing because all fear is a lie. So let's stop referring it to as, <laughs> let's all stop like y'all are the ones referring it to as real. I'm going to stop referring to it. <laughs> then there's the, the, the big lie you're believing that fa that's facing you every single morning. I just, two, two things. Everybody's got fear. Everybody's got an area of fear. I, I, I want to talk about two things real quick. I'm a little bit over my time, but I want to talk about two things. I'll do it in less than five minutes. Two things. Number one, the greatest perpetuator of fear is experience. When you've experienced the thing that you fear, it perpetuates more fear. We got on an airplane to go to, to Reading uh, just the other day. And we got on the airplane, and many of you know the story. Most of you know the story. 16 years ago, my wife's entire family was killed in a plane crash. It's something we have to think about every time we get on an airplane. Something we have to think about every time. And I, I, was, so I, I was so proud of Leanne. I, she, we got on the airplane, she sat down, and all of a sudden, I saw fear grip her. 
and in her mind, I, it's like I could physically watch her doing spiritual warfare in her mind, tears rolling down her face. And within a few minutes, it was gone. Why? Because experiences say, well, sometimes. Well, you never know. Sometimes you have to remind your past experiences of what you'll no longer be subject to by faith. You have to be willing to look, sound, and feel like an idiot. The Bible says, call those things that be not as though they were. Get it out of your mouth. Get it out of your mouth. Call those things that be not as though they were. I don't care what's happened in the past. I don't care what's happened in, I don't care what happened five minutes ago. No longer will this affect my life. No longer will I allow fear to affect. You will drop your kids off in school, and when the, when, the, when, the, when the fear begins to grip you, you begin to declare the Word of God out of your mouth. Even if something's actually, even if your kid's been bullied every single day they've ever been to school in their entire life, tomorrow you're going to say, my kid will not be bullied. I have, my kid has nothing to be afraid of. Today will be the day they meet their best friend. Today will be the day that they get an opportunity to do something in front of the school, and every kid in the whole school starts to love them. Today will be the day that whoever that bully is, their, their dad gets relocated. <laughs> don't pray that. I don't even know if that's biblical. Don't pray that. <laughs> but do you see what I'm, even if you get it wrong, even if you confess something, what are you saying? I'm not going to stand for this fear dominating my life anymore. And your past experiences are going to be one of the biggest perpetuators of that fear. So you've got to get a grip on your past experiences. That's why, experience, that's why we said, I didn't want you to learn something today. I want you to experience God because experience is a powerful thing. It can hold you in bondage or it can free you forever. It can free you forever. That's number one. Understand that. Number two, the Word of God is the only weapon you have against fear. The Word of God is the only weapon you have against fear. Whatever it is that you're afraid of, Get the Word of God after that situation. Get the Word of God. Some of, some of it needs to be the Word of God coming out of your mouth. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Your ears need to hear your mouth speaking the Word of God over your fears. The Word of God is the only thing that you have. Not strong will, not more insurance, not a bigger bank account, not, not more, not more uh, filters and screens on your internet. Some of you are terrified that your husband's still looking at pornography or that your spouse is looking at pornography or that something's going on on the internet and you think if I can just get enough filters and we can create enough systems and we can create enough triggers and this and that and we got enough counseling and we got enough classes, we, we're gonna do enough stuff that eventually that fear is gonna go. No, it won't. No, it won't. Not until you get the word of God after that fear. The Word of God is the only thing you have. I'm all for counseling and classes and all the, I'm, I'm for all of those things as long as they are partnered with the only thing that really works and it's the Word of God. Every class, every book should be a, showing you how to better apply the Word of God to your life. We hope you've enjoyed our podcast today. You can find out more about our ministry at RenewLifeChurch.com or on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Also, our app is available for download so that you can stay up to date. Again, we are so glad you joined us. If you're in the Midland Odessa area, we invite you to come be our guest at one of our services. Have a great day, and we hope to see you soon.